0: It is before 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the My Team Metro. We kick things off uh, with the latest in the world of money at the start of this new week. And joining me uh, to uh, uh, do our business wrap is Nesipo Manindra, independent market commentator, analyst, and CA. Snesipo, good evening and welcome.
1: Um, Evening, Aya. How are you?
0: I'm well, thanks. How are you?
1: No, I'm good, good, good. I'm all right, though.
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's start off there with Bidvest. Uh, Pumim Madisa's first, uh, I guess, uh, results presentation as the CEO. And uh, it seems COVID-19 has certainly been a boon for their hygiene business.
1: Of course. Everyone has to sanitize, darling, sanitize. Yeah, so um, they, uh, I think, you remember, Bidvest looks slightly different post the um, unbundling uh, of Food Corp and their mm. um there there's the idea to grow into a more of an industrial player and yeah they they've been they've been doing what they've been doing they've been doing the things they've been doing the things i think for them for them the fact that their cash generation ability is it's always been a good thing the only mm. thing um challenging is you know the 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 automotive uh division but other than that yeah they grew quite nicely they grew even in a pandemic i think it literally talks about the um, the strength of their business and remember the reason why they've benefited it uh specifically from the hygiene they already had everything set up it's sort of mm. like preparation meets opportunity so they were always going to be by far the biggest uh benefactors
0: sure sure we also know they're, they're they're an auto player as well and uh with i guess yeah. a very dominant play in the used car market um how did that particular business fare
1: um so they they, they they obviously the automotive um industry has been um their division though as a as a cluster fell revenue fell by seven percent which is not Bad, but also not good at the same time. But what was very interesting is that their trading profit uh, increased. So it meant that um, they, they were still value. They created quite a bit of value even in declining sales. So for me, that speaks to a very, very, very strong uh, management team, specifically in the motor um, in the in, in the motor business. And yeah, they, they seem to have just been poised for it. And BitFest has always been a lean shop. It's, it's, i think i think they literally the age-old conglomerate they just run businesses well they just they just know how
0: to do it <laughs> yeah yeah, they just, Let, yeah. let's yeah. talk but also um just briefly i guess about the uh, uh, showing out in the united kingdom and ireland i mean uh i think covid 19 was certainly a, a massive opportunity for them to consolid- consolidate their market position in the united kingdom at a time when many of their subsidiaries there uh, we're getting business left, right, and centre to, I guess, deep clean anything you can think about.
1: Yeah, so then, yeah, the, the, yeah, so that's the thing. And um, um, they're one of the few keepers shared with me, the few SA companies that do relatively okay in other jurisdictions. And like I said, they were poised. They already had everything in place to take advantage of the sanitizer laws deep cleaning life so and just, just to understand is that their services business is now is literally now the single biggest generator in there in in the in the in the company and yeah they they just yeah they they they're one of those they just understand the fundamentals quite well i think there's nothing sexy or innovative about what the best business lines are if we have to be honest there's nothing wow, but they just understand how to run businesses. They always do. They're consistent dividend payer, Just from an investor mm. perspective, they generate cash. They print money. Actually, hmm. like,
0: nice like yeah, I mean, I guess you find them everywhere. I mean, you, like you can't run away from them. You're, you're nice. If you go to an That's airport, anything from a lounge to your yeah. sanitizer dispenser in the loo, right through to like your you know your car hire, every and anything you can think of. Uh, I guess in the facilities management and services space is is a space that uh, they not only just play in but dominate. But l- let's shift our attention away slightly from Budvest as um, uh, and take a look at Sea Harvest. Now they put out uh, some numbers today, and uh, I guess strong showing for the uh, fishing vertical. Uh, but um, I guess COVID hitting their operating margins there on the back of some supply chain uh, constraints.
1: Yes. Yeah, so- so they did well on the revenue side, mainly because we're home and we're all cooking, so just from a purchasing perspective. But remember, their profitability was hit, uh, number one, due to supply-side constraints be- uh, due- as a result of the national lockdown. And also another reason is um, the in- increased uh, costs associated with complying with the regulations. So remember... They don't just, uh, besides the, the, the cost within their own manufacturing division, uh, even remember they did the, um, the cheese purchasing. There's also the delivery. Everything has to be sanitized. They've actually increased their cost base and mm. also the lack of, I think people forget that supplies are actually quite difficult to come into Africa. Not everything's made here. So that took a bit of a beating. That took a significant amount of beating. And yeah, so yeah, it, it's one of those things where, you had a situation where your revenue went up by 10%, but it was not following through in the uh, profitability, as well as the fact that um, they also got caught in some um, foreign exchange losses, as well as some steel mm. hedges. Steel hedges. Sure, because, sure. again, the size of the company, you, you, you have to hedge, but sometimes you get caught on the wrong side.
0: Yeah, and and we know, I guess, what the fuel price uh, or the price of Brent crude oil has been doing, um, and uh, certainly if you if you, I guess, uh, were hedging in the opposite direction, you probably would have taken a, a lot of the hits there. I mean, with where it ended up being,
1: you know. Yeah. So the, and also, um, you, I don't think anyone anticipated COVID.
0: <laughs> mm.
1: So, like you, if you look like, like we always talk about, if you were in, January 2020, even this year now, our one-year anniversary of COVID in you what we thought we were going to see and what's happened, in some cases has been better, but in some cases has been significantly worse. So you're smiling because of the revenue. But on the other side, the costs associated, the lockdown, I think people forget supply chains. And uh, we love globalization and the globalization of supply chain. So when you have national lockdowns, not only in our country, but in the country that you're procuring from, sure, it does sure. cause a bit of a delay and it does cause a bit of um, 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 uncertainty and just increases where you are.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I guess, uh, you know, let's move along and uh, shift away from uh, the... Uh, 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 the uh, fishing sector and uh, I guess uh, all of the stuff that uh, is uh, fished out of the sea and ends up on our tables and shift to the SABC, now the public broadcaster, uh, saying that they're proposing a household levy here to replace TV licenses uh, as a way to, I guess, uh, finance uh, the public mandate uh, that the national broadcaster has. Well, what do you make of this one?
1: Oh, well, um, a lot of people actually don't pay their TV license. and I think that's sort of the the main issue and uh, the business model of the ACBC means that they require the revenue generation ability they really require the revenue generation but yeah so personally today i paid my tv license because i pay my tv license oh well but,
0: done man well done
1: i actually yeah. pay my tv license
0: Lord,
1: yeah, yeah. So, but on the same, the thing is that the compliance perspective of TV license is 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 quite difficult, in that they can't get people to um, collect your TV license because mm. you. The only thing they have is that you have to have it when you buy a TV, but they can't blacklist you. They can sort yeah, you but yeah. they can never actually collect it from you, which makes it very difficult because they actually require the revenue. Mm. Now the question then becomes. The question then falls through in terms of how do you solve for this? Now, the the SABC, and this is what they've always said, were they hamstrung by mandate in that there's certain things they have to do. Mm, mm. But from a language a lo- perspective, and sure. from a language perspective, and when people think the SABC, they always think TV, and they don't forget the radio aspect. There's a lot of programming content-wise that has to, that as a public broadcaster, by law, they require mm, to do mm. and they require to venture into things that are actually not profitable from a commercial perspective.
0: Sure, now, sure. the question
1: then becomes who's going to pay the gap of profitability? You can go into a TV license mode, which is what we have, but mm. that seems to not working because the collection and then the cost sure. of collecting uh, the TV license, if you look at the financial data, financials um, presented to Parliament. Is that the cost of collecting far exceeds the revenue they generation because they just such a large amount of disregard for your paying off your TV license? Mm. Now, mm. furthermore, is that I do believe there is a mechanism for them to recoup, but I don't think it needs to go to the consumer directly. I think it has to go to the other platform providers because, as much as mm. most people love DSTV, if you look at DSTV's ratings, the number one shows on DSTV ratings are Is BC shows.
0: Yes, but it's that's what the proposal is suggesting, uh, certainly from my reading of it, is, is both. To say, look, if you are, I guess, have enough means to use DSTV every month, then the collection mechanism for you would be the DSTV platform. And then if if you, you don't have DSTV and you just use SABC 1, 2 and 3, uh, then, you know, the, the normal collection processes that the SABC would spearhead uh, would then be something that I guess is targeted to you. so so the tax is going to be collected on either side, be it on those who are paying for pay TV or cable TV, and 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 maybe some of those who might not necessarily have the income to do so.
1: Mm. Yeah, so I agree with the proposals, but again, ability to execute a mm. bandaid too. There's a bandaid. Yeah. Through.
0: I, mean, I, I i I also agree with it because I think the, the old targeting mechanism uh wasn't really really helpful. I mean you were only assuming that the people who have gone on are the only people who actually consume your product and I think in a, in a sense here what everybody's saying is that if you are living in South Africa in any household uh, there's a very high likelihood that any broadcast transmission or, or broadcasts that you interact with. It, nine times out of ten is going to be from the public broadcast and on the basis of that I guess uh, there has to be some um, cross subsidy and uh, solidarity in how we fund that public mandate. Um, mm. wh- what is this gonna mean Snisipo? because I mean if, if you look at uh, on the one hand collections from licensing fees um, I mean the SABC is a dominant advertiser. Um, you know if, if you look at some of the Sort of advertising, both on the radio side and the TV side, as a quanta compared to to other players, they certainly dwarf in comparison. Um, do, do you think, I guess, that the, something could be done potentially there uh, in shifting uh, in line with, I guess, where advertiser preferences are?
1: Advertisers always linked to are linked to specific LSM, and we have to be honest when you when you when you, when you sort of if you look at your national broadcasts and the LSM that accesses. Um, advertisers look to go to targeted advertising, so they're not going to go to SABC because SABC, because of the wide range of LSM, it's it, it's not going to, you're not going to get the head out rate even though you've got the viewership numbers. But for from multi choice perspective, again, they have the benefit of being able to segregate LSM according to. Um, channel preferences, so you Emnet knows that they are attack a specific channel Gunsing magic it 's the fact that it 's deliberately targeted at a specific lsm and i don 't think there's a way for us to get around that or get around that for me um, get around that for me I just don 't think you can get around it because again, when you look at who it again look at um, the content that has to there's just not enough um, time in the schedule to work, focus on content that would attract that sport-specific LSM. Mm. It just it just it, it just doesn't work. So there's always going to be a funding. Remember, the bulk of the revenue from the SAPC comes from advertising, yes. but it's just not enough. That is the way the issue is. It's just not enough. Uh, uh. So let's. Let, uh, that funding mean, gap, unfortunately, yeah? the funding gap is always. You need to you need to bridge it with something consistent because sure, sure. Um, The likes of multi-choice survive through subscriptions and advertising. You've got to give mm, it, and that's exactly the model.
0: Yeah, yeah. So let's say, well, let, let's stay in the public sector and maybe I guess uh, go to the collective bargaining council. Uh, in the public service, where today, um, I guess, public sector trade unions once again had another collision with the employers, the government. Uh, We know uh, what's come out of the courts um, in terms of the 2018-2021 agreement. And it seems now uh, 4% plus CPI put on the table and a few other uh, demands. What do you make of these? Um, So,
1: guys, CPI hovering at just under 4%. So they're asking for an eight percent increase. It is not a double-digit increase. Uh, if you look at the cost of living, it has increased far above that. Just let's start with the principal aspect. And we remember every time we talk about public sector, we include nurses and doctors, which we are all, which are and teachers, which were all under under resourced and under capacitated for. So let's just start with the fundamental problem there, functional. So what the other, amongst the other proposal is to change the grading of um, employees and to introduce a minimum cap. Now, yeah, the public sector wage for, I'm of the view that I, 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 if you look at the cost of living, there should be a floor. There should be a floor. I'm, a, I'm an agreement of the floor. The execution of it, I'm not necessarily sure how exactly it's going to work because I do agree with the floor because it is very, 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 important because if you factor in the cost of living, if you factor in the cost of living, that's also a function. But again, but again... What do you make
0: of the risk allowance? well, 12% of total pay, yeah, COVID-19 risk allowance
1: depending on who it goes for that's the thing they 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 from my understanding they're doing across the board for me if if you tell me that doctors and um those who interact with a lot non-support staff non people who interact with a lot of people i do agree with it
0: Uh, okay
1: yeah all right i do agree Just think about it like think about it you can do your radio show at home but if you're in a job where you're interacting with over hundreds and hundreds of people every single day, uh, your ability uh. to be, you're basically in a super spreader event every single day and there is, in, there, there is increased risk and you even factor in public transport, there is actually increased risk. So for, for my understanding, I do believe, um, that it should, that there's some level of basis for it, um. But I to say who it goes to, I think, uh-huh. But because I, I, cause, cause you get to think about it, the amount of doctors who got infected with COVID and were expected to uh, go and then come back, basically, like, it, it, for me, it is quite, it, 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 it was, it is a very risk-averse uh, profession to have been. Into because you're interacting with people with COVID every sure, single day sure. of work, so I do think there's a level of risk that needs to be compensated mm. on that perspective. But I wouldn't agree with it to for someone who's an um, admin worker.
0: Yeah, or it's, in a policy role. Yeah. The risk yeah.
1: level is just not the sure. same. It's just okay. not the same.
0: Snazibor. Let's do this. We'll have to pause there, unfortunately, and uh, but it's certainly a conversation we're going to pick up in the next few minutes or so because we're going to be speaking to one of the uh, Labour representatives at the uh, uh, Public Sector Coordinating Bargaining Council, Mugwena Maluleke, and we'll continue on this particular one because uh, I think uh, SNESIPO certainly uh, uh, is in agreement with many of the public sector unions and how they've uh, put down their demands. But uh, many people on uh, the streets of Twitch are certainly not, and uh, we'll certainly take a look at some of the tweets that have come through on this particular matter after this. Nesipo, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure.